Hey everyone, welcome to the cast. Uh, today was actually a live episode, um, so there's definitely going to be a little bit more stumbling. We were live on Twitch, we referenced what was going on Twitch, uh, so we apologize for that if you didn't get to listen to then. Uh, we will be doing that once a month, which will be the first recording of every month. Uh, and so if actually, qu- quite honestly, if we reach the higher thresholds of the Patreon, which we might, uh, you guys are awesome and have been helping us get there, we're going to start doing this more often, in which case it might just always be this way. Yeah, it might always be live. It also will do video content eventually, a version of it. So like, yeah, donate to the Patreon. And speaking of Patreon things, one of the rewards is if you donate $10, you get to record a voice message that we'll play. And yeah. since this is the first one, and because... This person's deck also actually got chosen for today's subject matter, which was a, a deck tech. Yeah. Uh, and he's also a sweet kid yeah. named Noah. Yep. Uh, we're going to actually play this at the front of the episode before any anything. Yeah. This is the, this, other than me and Ben's voice, this will be the first one you hear all episode. Get ready for it. My name is Noah. I'm in the fourth grade. I used to play Splinter Twin until Wizards banned it. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Obama. I love for it. Banning Splitter Twin. Yeah, that was amazing. All right, I thanks Noah for Twin. listening. Thanks Noah. Thanks Noah. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for listening to the podcast and for and for doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're so, awesome. Uh, so get ready. Yep, time for the episode. We'll see, see you guys. You, we'll see you after the intro music in a second. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered. For you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? I'm tweeting out the link of our live podcast for the first time. There are people on Twitch that can uh, chat at us and listen to us while we're doing this and see what fools we can make out of ourselves. Yeah, this is we will be foolish. Now, we claim to do the podcast live every week. That's what we've been saying for a while. And we stopped doing edits like, I don't know. Three yeah, months ago or something. I have like if we mess up in a grandiose kind of way, like, I'll like last stop week, record. We did like seven. We like we we yeah, had, we had been on a run week. for a while where we like had zero mistakes. We were doing actual live casts, and I think last week we had like seven screw ups. Yeah, something like that. We're not gonna, yeah, that happened. So today, to do this thing, the podcast episode we're doing today, we're gonna be talking about two things. We're gonna talk about Shadows of Innistrad, just uh, some predictions, which. You know, we got spoilers a little early, so we know a lot, but we're gonna we have some predictions and uh, our reactions and how we feel about what's about to come up. Um, and then also, we're gonna do some deck doctoring episode stuff. Yes, we promised when we started this Patreon to the fans of ours that decided they were going to donate a couple bucks or some more than that to our account that we would start doing these live streaming uh, first audio and then at a higher threshold video. And wouldn't you know it, our fans are the coolest in the world, so we hit it, and now we're doing the first one live streaming audio. So that's happening. It's yeah. a thing that's happening right yeah. now and as a result of you guys. Uh, and the two donators that got picked this week are Gabriel Charvet. Yep. Carvet. And Charvet. Charvet. Oh, and I didn't copy the names, but... um. Oh, no. look it up. And then a surprise one that we won't <laughs> tell you until later after I look it up. So first off, let me just make sure to tell everyone that this was brought to you by our Patreon. People should donate to it. Yeah. There will be a link in the little bottom thing on the rocketjump.com website. If you're listening to this live, just go to patreon.com and search us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should just point out that as, as we do every single week, uh, this is a recent thing that we launched our, our Patreon, and we are extremely, extremely thankful to those that did donate, and also that the reason we are asking for donations is because Kessler and I are a mom-and-pop operation. We do this ourselves. We edit ourselves. We don't have a producer or a video editor, and uh, it helps us to give you guys more content if you do donate at those, at those threshold levels. So basically, there's a few levels. is kind of like the bread and butter level. It gets you deck tech submissions. Uh, We will then share them on the podcast as you're about to hear us do live. Beyond that, uh, also make sure to check out the Command Zone. Yes, uh, the Command Zone. That's our sister podcast. They do commander content, Jimmy Wong, Josh Lee Kwai. They're super awesome. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, that's the thing. Pretty much the Patreon and that. And otherwise, we're here to just talk about... Follow us on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a Twitter at the MM cast. Yeah. That's where we interact with most people. Yeah, this is Kessler. He's you can follow him at at, at Kess Wiley. Yeah, you can. And That's I'm, where you can find me. I'm Ben Bateman. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. And also, if you happen to like action movies, you can check out my action movie podcast called Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network. Tweet at me to find out more about it. Let's get into magic card stuff. Sure. All right. So, Shadows uh, of Innistrad. 
Yeah. This is sweet. Yeah, I mean, like from a flavor perspective, the original Innistrad was so much fun that it's really, really, really fun to see as they spoil as they as they put out the spoilers for these new cards. Like the flavor is just great, and somehow, I don't know. Like I, I guess logistically, the card design, the mechanics lends itself really, really well to like horror, werewolf, zombies, like that whole sort of trope. They like knocked it out of the park the first time. Um, yeah. and it really kind of just seems like now coming back around to it, it we're familiar and all the stuff they're adding just seems even more fun. All, all of the emotions that I felt like I wanted to have for Battle for Zendikar and then didn't actually feel while yeah. we went back are like full force all about all about what's happening on this set. Madness is back. Love Madness. It's what? like the exact type of stupid yeah. spiky mechanic that I love. It's just great. Well, I think one of the things that makes Innistrad such an easy set to design is that when you take something like Zendikar, right, and it's like something like Zendikar that is, um, I guess, I guess Zendikar was like a place that was created in magic lore, and it plays on some things that we know, but for the most part, like you have to be into magic and understand where it's coming from to initially react to things. Where it's like sure. zombies are zombies; they've been around forever. Vampires are vampires; they've been around forever. Like these are things that have just always existed. Like Halloween is every year. You know what I mean? We've all dressed up before, so it's much, much easier to design cards that are just, that feel like things to people when you are dealing with just the horror genre. It's much harder. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, when we return the cons, yeah, I'm super excited. Okay. When we return the R2R, that was actually pretty exciting. Even Mirrored in Block had something sweet about it. I think Battle for Zendikar, first, I think Battle for Zendikar was so beloved, partly because of you're it's kind of like Zendikar, or, you mean? Sorry, yeah, Zendikar original was so beloved just because that's when a lot of people started playing Magic, including myself. Like that was my first like yeah pre-release I went to like really liked Zendikar at the time. But in reality, Allies is kind of boring. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Allies fan though. Though I do think that bringing it back a second time was necessary. I think you had to, but I think like that was such a staple thing. I think Eldrazi were cool, but they're also weird. Yeah, and also also a lot of the gameplay from Rise of Eldrazi as a set doesn't interact with the first two Zendikar sets very well. Right. Like, it's designed differently. So going going back to this world, we all wanted Eldrazi to come back, but a lot of the things from Zendikar weren't actually as fun as Eldrazi, and people remember them as a block. So what I mean when I say this is like it's not that it's not that drawing on source material always works, as we've seen with Kamigawa. Drawing from rich source material is not always the most successful. I mean, going you know, cons was based on like Mayan culture, isn't it? Not at all. What is what? What am I? What am cons I is like Asia. It's like Chinese. You have Mongolians. You have Mongol- Turkish sorry, guys. Sorry, I said Mayan. I meant Mongol- you have. That's the I totally. I mean, it's like it's like India. Like you have like six different. Pretty much. I, I mean, when I said Mayan, I meant Mongolian. That was full, full okay. brain fart just now. And that was but, just that was just the Mardu. Yeah, and sure. then and then also and then if you go to like Theros, that's like Greek mythology. That's like where you're. Well, that was bladed. Like Theros was a top-down design set, where right. Cons was a bottom-up. It was designed from a perspective of we are creating a, a morph set with a time travel theme, versus and that generally you're like, oh well, we're doing these factions, and like, oh well. Sarkon Vol is the guy from this planet, so let's make it about him. And there, he's Asian, so let's do Asian things. What I'm saying is that the idea of like just designing a zombie is much easier for 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 me, who like I don't really read into the story as much. And, and so going back to Innistrad, I'm just like, okay, werewolves. This is really simple and cool. Like these sure. transform. They're human on one side, and then they're a monster on the other side. That's awesome. Like that's really, really, really cool. Um, and I just I think it's fun to design that way because those things lend themselves really well to magic cards. Um, so I'm stoked to be going back. I think it's great. And I think, I think clues and investigate. I think it's really cool. I'm a big fan. Like every mechanic, even yeah. skulk, which is, which is, I'm pretty sure they're like plant for the new blue black. I think skulk will become evergreen if people yeah. like it enough. Oh, I already kind of felt like skulk to me feels like it's menace already. Like it just, it feels like it's another menace and menace is like super, super good as an evergreen mechanic. Yeah. Cause it's basic. People understand they're already kind of using it. Skulk is another mechanic that they've kind of used recently more in green than blue black. And I think yeah. it'll be blue black deciduous or try yeah. whatever in green, but uh skulk, like a, like a skulk shadow mage infiltrator type seems very, very obvious to be printed very right. soon. Right. If that hasn't already been printed, maybe. No, I don't think it has. I, don't I think, think so. There'll be like a skulk when it hits. You do, you draw a card. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be a skulk when it hit. There'll be a specter, and there'll be you can't, through you the could, whole family. You couldn't you couldn't print a black blue two one skulk when it, it connects. You draw right. That's too good. Yes. It would have to be black blue one. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do that. Probably. I think anything under three would be too good. All right. So skulk sweet. How how do you feel about uh 
clues and investigate. I love them. I think they're the coolest. Yeah. That's my favorite part. That's of, of all the designs in the new set, that's my favorite part so far. There's a few things that I think are awesome about it. Number one, um, I love things that have residual effects on other parts of design for magic history. So Metalcraft and Affinity are both helped by the fact that you just get these living little artifact things on the table. I love things that are like little extras. So the idea that you could play a card, any card that's decent enough on its own that gets you a clue um, is amazing because like later in the game, just like having the ability to just draw a card is so fun. Right. Well, I also think they're kind of in like where cantrips are kind of like a third of a card plus draw a card. Right. So these are kind of, you can be more of two thirds of a card plus investigate. Yeah. So you get like a weird different version of a cantrip. Like the one that they spoiled today that I thought was really cool is like the one, two for one in white that gets you, that investigates. Oh yeah. Cause I'm just like, okay, like this, this makes sense to me. Like obviously we, I, th I always think from two points of view. I always think. Does that from, mean a one, two for one draw card is probably too good? Uh, yes. But I also think that a one, two for one draw card is is definitely percentage points better than this, but it's different because what this allows you to do is this does add to metalcraft first of all, which which sure. is really interesting. Means that for one mana, you're getting something that can hold a piece of equipment, which also plays into your metalcraft theme. Um, I don't know for modern, honestly, if you can build around this card, it's probably too slow. But like, I think that card specifically, but I, I wouldn't. I could see investigate being a card thing that works. Something that I, the thing I was going to say about investigate that I really like, someone at the, actually on the Twitch stream also yeah. brought up. Um, oh man, there's 13 sped people listening 13, right now. 13. Perfect timing. Sped 1313. Okay. Uh, contraptions. So, you know the card Steamflogger Boss? Of course. So, it Riggers. assembles a contraption. Yeah. So, that literally fits for what this is. A, right. A, and on a different mechanic, and I'm thinking Regatha, back where uh, Chandra's from. Okay. Uh, we have literally just Riggers are there because it's all artifact themed, but really you just have assemble, and whenever you assemble, it creates a contraption. And that contraption right. is like. A token artifact that's one mana to sack it, and it does two damage to target creature or player. Right. I mean, or, like or just like some kind of damage effect like that. I mean, from the from a standard point of view, I think that this makes. Uh, how long will this set? But 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 you're not freaking out enough. Like the internet is freaking out that Steamflogger boss well, makes uh, sense now with I, a mechanical <laughs> ability that's a, so like it, that doesn't exist. But like anybody who has ever listened to this podcast out. knows how much I love Future Sight and all the wonky Future Sight <laughs> cards. I've, I think I've probably talked about Steamflogger Boss on this podcast before. Uh, it would be hard for Steamflogger Boss to ever be good in modern, no matter what they printed. Uh, it depends what a rigor. If like if rigor is a tribe, it gives all. It's a rigor lord that also makes it so if these rigors were making <laughs> things like, like theoretically, this is a pretty big beating by itself with like the second one. Yeah, because now you have you have two. Four four hasty guys for four. That's like not the worst thing on the planet. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And uh, now, now, now they like also give you whatever a contraption ends up being. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, who knows what a contraption could end up being? I, I mean, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, all I'm saying is, I really, really like um, having these artifacts like float around on the table. I think it just makes things interesting for later in games, and definitely opens up a little bit of design space. I think in in standard, um, when this set comes out with the new rules. Will Origins rotate? When will Origins rotate? Origin rotates when Dragons rotates when the fall set comes out. Whatever, so, whatever the next set is. Okay, so we get we get Origins with uh, with Shadows. We do. Yeah, yeah. They 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 will coincide together. Okay, okay. So okay. the transform cool cards, like all the transform planeswalkers, will exist simultaneously with all the transform. And werewolves. so will Pia and Kira Nalar with Investigate, which is awesome. Because, oh, that is cool, right? I'll like, agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking how cool it's going to be to have like another just like like artifacts on the I mean, table. This is purely can... standard, which is really interesting because we shouldn't be talking about that. But whatever, yeah. we'll keep going. Shadow, it's sweet. This I this is the most excited I've been for. Yeah, a set since. I guess cons. I was really cons was sweet. <laughs> I mean, they also spoiled a card this morning that was nuts. Oh, I mean, for us, the I mean, the zero four. Yeah, like the, in, what is it? Hidden in ice, trapped under ice, or something. That's a Metallica song. Um, it's called. Uh, I'm in, looking it up while you just encased keep in ice. Maybe? Yeah, encased in ice or something like that. No, that's uh, that's a that's like a one of those another hate, hate bear frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taps a creature down. Look, look it up. Um, I am. I'm looking it up. You keep talking one blue, about it. How sick it is. One blue, one colorless for a zero four creature that enters the battlefield with four ice counters on it. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, remove an ice counter from it. When it has zero counters, flip it. And it flips into a seven eight 
uh, horror creature when it and when it transforms. No, it's a horror. It's a horror kraken or kraken horror. Yeah, which and, is the best. <laughs> and when it transforms, uh, you return all non-horror creatures to their owner's hands, which is it is called thing in the ice. Oh, that's even better. And it transforms, and I'll find out in a second. But it's something a that thing. actually this podcast might not know. I don't know this, but like I think krakens was my first favorite tribe. Really? Yeah, krakens. Yeah, release the kraken. Yeah, because it was. Like, I think I started playing Magic when that trailer came out, and it was right after Pirates Two came out, which yeah. is before we all realized how terrible those movies were okay like right around we started getting an inkling of the so pirates movies inkling the f- of octopus wait but <laughs> but you can't call the first pirates movie bad yeah i agree the first pirates movie is great first one's wonderful the second one wonderful is oh passable and if there was another good one it would yeah. be considered good kind of like how return of the jedi is considered good and then the third one is just terrible 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 w- will this ever be playable now that we have <laughs> Krakens? No, no, no. I'm showing Alex a picture of Deep Sea Kraken, the Suspend 9. It's called Awoken Horror. Okay. so It's also a Lovecraft reference. I don't know. Everything about this set is so cool. Did you know that uh, Jeroff's masterpiece is made out of Grizzlebrand? No. If you look at the art, it has his arms and wings, and he's he has an opposite effect. So he's a seven seven, but he gets minus one minus one for every card in your hand. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I, what I was gonna say was uh was that uh it's a horror, and another card that I love that we all know I love on this podcast is Hunted Horror, which is a great card. Oh, and someone show. Yes. Yeah, also, Spellskite is a horror. Oh, um, so which you're gonna do that? The horror deck, to everyone. Well, here's <laughs> <And> the <laughs> me specifically. The problem. The problem with this is, you as good as Spellskite is, there's no tribal support for horrors. So like, you can't actually just like make, you can't make a horror deck and get much out of it right now. Like, as, I mean, I guess you could make your horrors uncounterable with uh, Cavern of Souls, and you could like, I don't think that um, that Hex Parasite is a horror, right? I mean, maybe it is. If a hex parasite's a horror, my mind's gonna, my head's going to explode right now. I'm looking it up. Could you like manifest things with that hex? The other one, so you get your horrors without the hexproof manifest. Uh, yeah. You also get the frost triggers. It just automatically will flip. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I mean, I'm. You know that I'm into that. <laughs> and you get the hunted horror well, without the. Yeah, because you know that I built that deck at one point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> cloud form. We were we're building the cloud form deck now. It also means it wasn't, it wasn't good, but this this. This would be slightly better. Well, yeah, it also means that like you can cloud form. It means that you can cloud form a spell skite, even if that's what you hit, and that you then have a flying two six hexproof creature that can redirect everything. You can't redirect it. No, it's because oh, it can only because it has, it has hexproof. Target. You can't make yeah, you only your own spells. Well, it's still well, well, I mean, you still get a two six flyer, I guess. Which is really difficult to kill, and it blocks everything for day. Yeah. Zzz. Days. For days, uh, I mean that doesn't seem the worst to me. I'm not, I'm not pretty and like pretty entertained by this idea. Uh, <laughs> We're not going down this hole. All right, so <laughs> don't forget, guys, that you can just play engineered explosives in this deck. So this is something. <laughs> how, how do you feel? How do you feel about Archangel Avison? Because I'm in. I love this card. Okay, well, a it's couple of things. Sick. It's a, so it's a four-four flying creature for five that also has vigilance or does not have vigilance. And it's flying vigilance and flash and flash, and then it enters the flash part. We yeah. have flash part. When it enters the battlefield, Sweet. all other creatures you control gain... All other non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible? Is that what it is? Oh, no. All the creatures you control gain indestructible. It's whenever a non-angel creature dies, you then flip it. And it becomes like a 6-5 that six deals 3 to everything? 6 to everything. Yeah. It, it seems really good. It seems like a fun so card. It seems like a bulk <laughs> card for... It won't see any modern play. I don't think you can realistically play it in modern, but... I disagree. You can play it in, in modern? Yeah. Really? It's a five drop. Oh, no, sorry. The five drop is it's negative, but it comes in with flash and vigilance. Like, both of those things make it very hard for people to deal with. And if you transform it, I think it's a control card. I think this is a control yeah, finisher. That's fine. But how many flash five mana four fours, like, exist? Uh, flying or just in flying, general? Flying, flying. Flying, vigilance, flash. I mean, that's a lot of specific things, but like, yeah. just that's pretty legit. And this also, like will sometimes just be a really good board wipe against Affinity, or... I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example of a card that is, like, worse, but, like, still interesting, and that's Hixus Prison Warden from Origins. Never even was discussed flying as... Is, flying is just so much better. Okay, but this is also a card that, in an Alpha Strike, it blocks and then exiles the vigilance everything. Vigilance is so much better. Like, a, a, the amount of things I can think that are better than that, for that reason, this is better than that, off the top of my head. Evasion Vigilance is way better than a Ground Pounder that exiles a few things i don't know i mean like okay like it's way better don't get me wrong that definitely it's a much better card yeah. but i'm saying like it's also you, like eventually a six five like everything i'm i'm just 
No. <laughs> I don't think... I'm just saying, Hixus Forbidden Warden is a card where, like, if you're playing that against aggro and they attack, you effectively exile their entire board with a thing that doesn't that doesn't get lightning bolted. So, like, it, that's a reasonable thing to play on five and was never even, like, in the conversation. All right, we actually shouldn't be doing card by cards when I think about it because we're going to do that in our okay. top tens. But, all right, so, other thing I want to talk about. The Planeswalkers for the set. Right, there's three that are confirmed. So we got confirmed that today. Like who? Who did that? Uh, Blake PR. Okay, yeah. Uh, he Blake confirmed Rasmussen. that. We're, yeah, uh, we're getting um, Soren, who's going to do something for the first time. We're going to talk about that in a second. We're getting Soren, Jace, who's the face of the set, and yep. then the new Werewolf Planeswalker. Right. Who was probably a flip card. That's the other thing we got confirmed today is that there was a uncommon card spoiled a while back. Okay. An unco- uh, uncommon common um, check sheet. Right. And it didn't say that on it, but it it didn't have. A legendary werewolf. It didn't have like all these things we were kind of expecting, and people were disappointed, and, and you know whatever. Today was announced, and we kind of guessed this when we saw Addison, yeah. but um, there's actually going to be a mythic rare rare, rare sheet. Yeah. So most likely, I'm guessing we're getting that legendary werewolf. They also and they changed the flip the flip card CMC rule, right? That was something they announced. Yeah, today. they changed that. And they also changed that you can't have the flip trigger happen more than once. Yeah. So that wasn't something I think they allowed to happen with the original flip cards. Yeah, but it could happen with Jace. Got it. Um. And so that's no longer a thing. They also made it so that um, if something would have, if an ability would make something f- leave the battlefield when it flips, so right. like the way Jace works, it doesn't come back. Okay. During the flip, if it's not a flip card. Gotcha. So like, if you have a clone of Jace, don't try and draw a card on that fifth activation. Got with it. With their five cards, because it'll just exile it. Interesting. Mind okay. you, at that point, it's kind of useless. I mean, I guess it's a zero-two blocker, right. which is better than just a thing you killed. <laughs> Can we just talk <laughs> for a second about how like hilarious it is now? Like, who is? Was it you who texted me or somebody tweeted that like they were listening to our Origins Review podcast, which I think is the only episode of the show that I've never that I wasn't on. I think yeah, was, you weren't on that one. There was two maybe since I since I came on the show yeah. that I missed, uh, and that was one of them. And how Jace was like not in anyone's top five. I think like I'm pretty sure we all had like Harbinger of the Tides as the best card in Origins, and like <laughs> Jace was like. So, I mean, it's seen a lot of play, and in our defense, that was the safest bet. <laughs> yeah, but like and it was me and the professor, and the professor like. He's in love with Merfolk. I think Harbinger is my number one card. I don't even think I put Jace in my top 10. Jace, Jace is very clearly an 11 out of 10, and every other card in Origins is like, maybe there's another 10, like, probably not. Like, uh, near, uh, Kieran and, and uh, Pia Nilar are probably a, a, a nine, or, 9 or 8 out of card 10. Card is very good. Jace is hist- already, like, one of the best blue cards ever. Oh, no, 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 sure, sure. I think Jace is a 12. <laughs> yeah. Jace is, like, totally absurd. Just could have been a mistake where, like, Chandra and Nilar are, like, the exact type of 10 level 10 card. I'd expect. Pierre and Kieran's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Card's really, 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 really powerful. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, on the Soren thing. So, have you noticed, people on Twitch and people listening to this podcast right now, that right. Soren has never actually done anything once in any of the stories he's been a part of? Uh, I would notice that if I paid attention to sure. the stories. He at shows all. up in every plane, is like, oh, this is kind of bad, and then just leaves. Gotcha. He's never done. He's like the sad sack of the magic universe. He has and this to time, go, he has to go based to the off of the mash. art that was spoiled. Spoiler alert. He kills Avacyn, apparently. Huh. There's art with him and then, like, uh, what's her face? Moon Girl. Av- Tamio. Tamio. And it. Jace are like, oh no. And he's like, oh, I'm a badass. And then Avacyn's dead behind um, him. So, Which is weird art to spoil. <laughs> here's a question for you. Sure. Uh, so Jace is in the trailer yep. and he's like, he's got that voice. He talks like this. Did you know, by the way, that I ever tell you that I auditioned for the part of Jace? Do you know this? No. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so I had a, I had a friend uh, that used to be, do marketing for Wizards. He was in he's like head head of marketing or something like that. Okay, um, I think he's over at Xbox now. I'm not quite sure, but he was there for a while, and uh, he was a friend of my older brothers, and so I got to know him. And when they oh, were because you're from Seattle, mm-hmm. got it. It was for I believe Return to Ravnica, maybe. Um, that sounds about right. It's whatever the whichever one that where the where the script was. This is my city. Uh, so Tomio is not going to be the set. Tomio is going to be really quick. I okay. interrupt you answering Twitch because we have live feed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone said the planeswalkers are going to be Tomio, Arlen, Soren, Nahiri, and Jace. Uh, confirmed. Blake PR said that only the three are going to be in it, so we're not going to see Nahiri. Uh, the set probably the second one, and then yeah. um, most likely, and for sure, Liliana is the second one. Gotcha. We're getting five. So okay. Tomio is going to be kind of a uh, how Ugin was in yeah. Battle for Zendikar. He's in all the card art, but didn't do anything. 
She I didn't never, show up as a card. Yeah, I never much like Tommy anyway. But that's just me personally. But anyway, okay. continue the, your story about how you were almost Jace, but weren't. Uh, yeah, the point was <laughs> it was whatever the I think it was I think it was for RTR, and it was like the one where the script was like, "This is my city, my home," or something like that. I, I think it's RTR. That's weird. If you yeah, go yeah, yeah. if you go look at it, you, it'll come up. But anyway, I did like three reads for it and like sent it in, and I I didn't book it, but like uh, it was just cracking me up today listening to the industry trailer as Jace is talking and just being like, "Oh, interesting." He's like, "This is like the voice. It's like kind of the same voice that I went for when I read for it in the first place." Um, but, uh, anyhow, that, whatever. So the trailer, you see Jace, what kind of Jace are they going to print is what I'm like. He's been, I think we're going to get another five minute. Is Jace the most, is he the most printed planes? Yes. Uh, no, currently. Yeah. Before we move on to this next set that's about to happen, him and Chandra are tied. They're tied. They're tied. So interesting that Chandra. I actually, like, I had this art. So Jace has been only the main character of one set now two with this set Got so it. he was the main character of return of ravnica block uh-huh. and now he's the main character of shadow of Innerstrap block right he was also the main character of one other set sure so he was the face of world wake right but otherwise all the other cards that were printed of him are core sets got it um so he just happens to just have been in every core set ever and that's why people are like oh too much jace the problem with jace yeah because chandra has the same amount and no one's like whining about her i guess some people are to a certain extent but whatever yeah. is that jace has had also the two most powerful planeswalkers ever got it other than like theoretically jace Prince prodigy and liliana the veil are probably on the same level on a similar level but mind sculptor mind sculptor so like people like hate jace for that reason he's also relatively generic not that chandra isn't she's a fire mage that shoots fire i like chandra though when they make the movies um when they do that they're casting yeah. for jace i'm, I'm gonna, gonna like try out. beat the door down to see if i can read <laughs> like i'm just not like i don't even act anymore really like a little bit here and there things come up mostly i just host i can see you i can see you you're like the you world have the look of a jace the mind sculptor the world your eyes are blue and i'm pale the word pale the worlds cross over a little bit but like just because i love magic so much I want to see if there's a chance that I could possibly play Jace. Maybe. Just maybe. People also hate Jace because he's blue. But, but blue's the best color in magic. Is it because he's sad? Or is it because of all the I don't know. magic he Anyway, I, you that think it'll be another joke. five mana? I'm going to leave. There, we, we've had two five mana Jaces? Living Guild Pact and... We've had one five mana Jace. The big one. No, no, there's two of them. Uh-uh. Living Guild Pact's a four drop. There's Living Guild Pact, which is the terrible one. There's Terrible Jace. There's yeah. Architect of Thought, which is the like... Service like four the Jace one. that Jace should be. He's the four mana one. Uh, there is Jace Friends Prodigy that's too good. Five or eight, like five great. mana aggro mill Jace is the f- that's that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. zero mill ten. Yeah, that's the only five drop one. That's why I think he might be a five drop here. He's called that. That one's called Jace Memory Adept. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I was, think I think Jace. I think we'll get a five mana Jace, and I think we'll get a Soren that's uh six mana. Okay. We and we've had one six mana Soren the original. Yeah, Soren. the original one. Yeah, but he'll be black white this time. I think Soren will be black white, Nahiri will be white red. Nahiri's our new white red character. Are they gonna give us another four mana black white or a five mana black white? That's or what I'm saying. I think three mana black white. Three mana black white would be sick. Yeah. What could they do with a three mana black white Soren? Each character gets a token, and then your tokens get bigger as a minus. He couldn't protect himself, right? Or would he make a zero no, one if flying? Both, if both of you get one one tokens, you'd make a double sided token giving. I don't know. That's a weird thing to do, but that'd be cool. Or all really your cool. creatures get lifelink for a plus. Just a plus, all creatures gain life, like in a minus, make a token Sound. vampire. That Giving- sounds so boring, actually. I don't want. I want like a five, a six mana one that's like Ugh. destroy every creature <laughs> your opponent has minus, and then like a plus of make a bunch of tokens, like just. Okay, quickly on the subject of sure. quickly, quickly on the subject of Jaces, just because I think it's interesting. I, I'm like lining them all up together, which I know people have done. So there are six Jaces, including Rin's Prodigy, right? So the worst one by a mile is the M15 one, Living Guild Pact. Yeah. Why did they print Living Guild Pact? Like it. Look, top two cards would be one in your graveyard. So no, his they plus needed one to make one planeswalker for each of the one. They made a bad one because Jason needed a bad planeswalker. Let okay. it be bad. So the plus one on a four mana card. How there are? <laughs> yeah, but but he's Jace. Okay. How do you design a four mana planeswalker whose plus one ability doesn't draw you a card? Like, and then the minus three is just like bounce He's supposed something? to be a plant for Saltai and then it didn't get anywhere. Got it. Yeah, it just like really. He mills you. He like is a huge Dell enabler that was unnecessary and Jace Friends Prodigy was better. But every single every other format. Jace is like very playable. Every like, single other Jace has seen play. Yeah. I think Memory Adept actually is a little underrated. The card's kind of sweet. I mean, it's 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 been in top eights and won Pro Tours because it's yeah. Jace, the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> and then Architect of Thought is actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I think Architect of Thought was underplayed until new Jace came up and you have yeah, competing Jace problems. Also, I think Jace Bellerin is also underplayed in modern. 
Yeah, Bellerin's a great Not card. Not anymore because Jace Fringe Prodigy is just, I think, blatantly better. Okay, here's a question for you. Now I'm just like sticking on so many questions. Uh, what would it take to print a one mana Jace? Just, just, just don't. Just uh, don't. I, no, okay. It would have to be um, hybrid black green. Uh, it would have to tap exile land from a graveyard, produce a mana. Uh, it would have yeah, to no, I get, get banned. I know what you're doing here. Okay, but what if it was a mono blue, mono blue Jace? Target player mills a card plus minus of target creature gets minus is one, minus one, zero. It, so it's a one It's a one loyalty planeswalker for one or something? Sure. Plus one, target player mills a card. One. Card. Minus one. Uh, target creature gets minus one, no, I think minus, minus zero one until tar- their turn. No, I think minus one uh, draw a card. So it's just it's a it's a it's a cantrip on its own. That's that's what you use it as. It, okay, it, it's a cantrip. I, I like that. I think right? that's fine. And then uh, minus like eight, make it like the the ultimate has to be. If you're going to make a one mana planeswalker, the plus and minus abilities are going to be so bad that you have to make the alt like extra worth it to get to. Actually, could you actually make minus one draw a card and and the plus one mill a card because it would mean it, it, on turn one you play for one blue a card that now draws you a card every other turn. No, yeah, that'd be way too good. It can't do that. <laughs> that's <laughs> way good too good. No, I think it'd be minus two. Minus two draw a card. I think plus one mill starts at one, so you plus one, you can... Or or even, like, maybe you can cantrip, so it starts at two. Plus one plus mil. one I think mil. you could plus one mill two. And so then you could buy... By the time no, that's too you good. could draw a card... That, like, that's like hedge and crab. Imagine that in my... No, there's no such thing target as one opponent, mana This maybe? is why Tybalt was so bad. It's impossible to print. No, no. Think about it. The only two mana Planeswalkers they've printed, one was awful because they were too afraid, and the other one is too good because they were making the creature first, and okay. they were a little less afraid. Okay, in okay. Case. Plus, plus one, target I mean, opponent mills two, right? So now, now in two turns, you make your opponent mill four cards, and on the next turn, you can minus two him to draw one card. That's fine. You don't get to draw a card with him until turn three. Sure, okay. And he mills four, and then his ultimate is like minus six. And then that card would be boring, and no one would want it. <laughs> I think people would still find a way to play it. Uh, I think that card would be really good because you can minus it to kill it immediately so that Jace gets in the graveyard, and then Tarmogoyf gets plus one, plus one, because there's a Planeswalker, you and you draw a card out of you, it. <laughs> you can't minus, you can't over minus, can you? No, you can't. I'm, I, don't, I don't mean, I mean like, they'd play it for Tarmogoyf. Yeah, I don't I know. Guess. I'm still fascinated by this idea. They will eventually do it. It's just a question. Actually, yeah, it's, that's great with Tarmogoyf because you plus and then they mill two, so you make your Tarmogoyf bigger on turn two, and then you minus and then hopefully hit and then put a Planeswalker in the graveyard. Oh, so, yeah. You plus two and then minus draw a card on turn two? And then you play, and then like on Tarmogoyf, you play on turn two, so your Tarmogoyf is at a minimum, especially if you fetch, could be a four or five on turn two. It's like, pretty, it's like pretty reasonable. No. <laughs> still, still too good. Yeah. All right. I can't think of a way that we should ever print a one mana Planeswalker. It, it'll happen eventually. It the, did. And it was too good. <laughs> well, but they also made all of the abilities. And even at what? Like the, no, they, like the problem with the, the problem with Deathrite Shaman, which any of those of you who are like, what is he talking about? And we're talking about Deathrite Shaman, which is clearly the one mana planeswalker. So Deathrite Shaman was a one mana was a card that had three abilities that like hybrid cost black green for a one two elf shaman, right? It's well, elf. the point is that it had three abilities, and it had three good abilities. Right. So like, if you don't know this, the original planeswalker actually. Is probably um, the Fire Mage. Grim Lava Mancer? No, 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 no. Uh, Chandra is like a, a complete ripoff of her. She, her abilities were like, it's just a creature, red, tap. Uh, Jaya Balor, Task Mage? Yeah, Jaya Balor, Task Mage. It's yeah. like where they got a lot of the basis of a Planeswalker from. Right. Because it's like small ability that you can do pretty much when you cast her. You get a card that exists. Slightly more expensive when you get a card that... Also exists. Also exists. Really expensive thing. You get a card that like that's kind of how the original planeswalkers were built. I think very based on that. Sweet. And like Chandra Nalar is like a blatant copy of her as a character, which the professor, friend of the podcast, did an episode on. Is is like he does these videos where there's planeswalker um, cosplayers come in and do stuff. Sweet. All right. So let's move on from planeswalkers. Yeah. Uh, That would be actually a really really fun exercise. I'm excited that we have a red white planeswalker that's not a Johnny Vengeance though. Nahiri, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, She's just sweet. <laughs> just for the record, like I'm just going to throw this out there on this episode, and for those of you who are listening live, with the conversation that we just tried to have about a one-mana Jace, would you guys be interested in a conversation about the one-mana version, like the one-mana design for each of the five main Planeswalkers by us? If we were to like have the conversation and legitimately, realistically try to come up with a design that would work for each of them and to, and like discuss them on the podcast. What if Kessler and I even... You can put that in the comic stream right now and then we would know. What if Kessler and I even had like a... Or like tweeted a, us at the MMCast. Like a competition where we had to like come with our best one-mana Planeswalker design and like battle them out. What do you think about that? That seems kind of fun. That, sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mine would all be blatantly too good. <laughs> I don't think we could battle that because the, 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 like the challenge is making a planeswalker that's not good, but fun and or valuable and or interesting. Be super fun. All right. Like I can make a one minute planeswalker that's good. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we could do it. Like, I love the idea of it. No, no, like, like good is very. Yeah. Like one blue target player draws three cards <laughs> minus play every card in your hand for free. I really do like the idea of, of a Jace that is comes down on one loyalty. That has we a, need to get off this Jace conversation. Okay. I'm moving us on. All right. So do you have anything <laughs> else about uh, shows of Innershad? Any predictions? Any uh, uh, things you're hopeful for? Anything that were cool? It would be nice to see another... Like I think it would be nice to see another Geist of Saint Traft style card. That would be it. Would be fun in the way that we've seen like they evolve the Delver design with. Uh, what if it's like Skulk Geist? Yeah, I mean something. It would just be nice to see like that card in another form because sure. like in the way they evolve Delver into a four drop. I mean, I'm not saying that you need to make like. It, it, I guess it would be really really fun if you gave us like some sort of two mana Geist of Saint Traft that, that, that put like a one one flyer into play or something like that instead of a four four flyer. Like it'd be less powerful, but it'd be fun to have another card in the same world. I do want to see. I really hope they do bring back some of the legendary creatures from before, right? So that we get to see kind of what happened to them. It would also um, be really fun, actually, just if you could have that two mana Geist, because then you could put Steel of the Godhead on a two mana Geist yeah, as opposed to three. Yeah, is it you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one corner case of this one thing of this one deck that I built one time. That'd be great if you yeah. got a slightly better card. It'd be fun. But I do think I do think we might get legendary new versions of each of the legendaries. I think they're all other than, other than maybe Grim Grim. The other ones are all pretty big fan favorites. I think we'll get a red green werewolf finally. Okay. Um, I think we might get a green white legendary human for the first time. Yeah. Sounds sweet. Because we that was the that was the part of the uncommon cycle that was missing. It was Micaeus, and he was just mono white, which was like it was weird from a flavor perspective. Well, it was right on the edge where Wizards wasn't designing for Commander fully yet. Yeah, and so like that specific one from a flavor perspective was like, oh, this is a little cute thing, but in reality, from gameplay for the rest of history of Magic, like, well, and then no we, one remembers Micaeus. <laughs> there was also like the cool flavor thing of there was Micaeus, and then there was also Mayor of Avabrook, which was the half human lord that turned into a werewolf lord. So you got, you had both halves of it from a design point of view which was fun um i love mayor of Aberbrook personally that's actually something yeah, but he's not like, legendary yeah right right but okay but was there a legendary lord for all the other colors mm -hmm. everything but uh so humans had just mono white Micaeus. right uh red black vampires had olivia valderin oh. Great black blue had grim grim right the zombie that i mean that's probably the least played of these and then uh green white uh, blue white had guys so werewolves didn't have them because they couldn't figure out the mechanics of how a legendary creature would function with Got it. Uh, a flip card. Sure. Um, which I, obviously they fixed with uh, the Planeswalkers, I feel like. I was talking about the Uncommon Lords. That's the one that I was missing. You had Immerwolf. You had Diagraph Captain. You had, oh, you had Stromkirk Captain. And then yeah. you had uh, the Spirit one, right? You had a zombie, a spirit, um, werewolf, and vampire. You the Hexproof. Yeah. Vampires, had. he had Death Touch, all vampires, and then... Yeah, but there was no, but there was no green white uncommon one. Was the point? Yeah, but there was the one that there was the yes, you're correct. That's what I'm saying. So there's you had you had like Hamlet Captain, and you had like Mayor like of Hamlet Abbott Captain Brooke. was kind of the thing. Yeah, but it wasn't as sweet. That's why. That's what I'm saying. It would be fun if you printed the green white one now. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. I would love that. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> cool. All right, so let's move on to deck doctoring since we are currently at the exact halfway point of the podcast. All right. Actually, we're over that because there was that moment where we like messed up and the recording was bad. Right. Um. All right. So, first ones first. So these are both submissions specifically from the our Patreon. So the way this is going to work for now on, most likely, unless we decide to not do this this way anymore, uh, is the Patreon people who donate on the Patreon are the people that get uh, the chance to submit their decks. So that's one of the prizes at the ten dollar mark, or I think the five dollar. Well, either the five or it says it on the Patreon. Five dollar mark is if you're a Patreon subscriber and you're donating at least five dollars. Um, we will do Deck Doctor episodes probably once a month, um, and the decks we take will be submissions from the fans. Uh, generally, and this is uh, as a heads up to people that are donating to the Patreon, uh, we most likely will focus more on decks that are slightly creative. Um, so there were a few decks that were kind of just like, here's my version of Grizzlebrand um, with Jason, you know, Grixis Grizzlebrand, and from our 
side of the table, that deck is something that almost made the top eight at the Pro Tour. It's kind of an established deck, and so our ability to help tune it and make it something a little bit more powerful isn't going to be as helpful. Um, also, though, sometimes, like, feel free to submit anything you want, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But sometimes, sure. and we will sometimes do decks like that, especially if it's, like, particularly relevant. Like, maybe it was just in a top eight, or maybe, like, it's the deck du jour sort of thing. Um but also the flip side of that is we intend to do this for a while and run the Patreon for quite a while as we sort of develop it and get it going. So don't don't feel you know just because you're true 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 in sorry it, yeah don't feel the need to just submit to submit you know what I mean submit something that you're happy with that you've thought about submit the deck you're playing um, and let us know because we have you know there's some some sweet uh, some sweet decks in this list and we just asked today for the first time so uh, let's do it first one. This okay. was submitted by Gabriel Charvats. This yep. is Black, White, Death, and Taxes. Yeah, this deck has some some spicy stuff in it. So the thing that really bounced out to me, and we'll go over the list, and I'm actually going to post the link to the list in the Twitch feed Okay. for people that aren't listening. Well, this will be on rocketjump.com in the right. underscore thing, so if you're listening to this live, check out the list. Uh, it's right there. Um, the thing that snuck out to me most was Wasteland Strangler with yeah. um, Tide Hauler Scholar. Yep. So... That's awesome. Because the big flaw of Tide Hauler Scholar, because what if you guys don't know, bla- it's black and white to Thoughtseize someone. Right. But it gets under Tide Hollow Scholar, and if Tide, Scholar's, Tide Hollow Scholar dies, they get the card back. Right. But with Wasteland Strangler, you can take it out of exile, put it in the graveyard, and then it's gone forever. And they don't get it back. And you now have a 3-2 that yeah. gave a creature minus 3 and a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, it definitely seems super, super sweet. Um I like this deck. This has a lot of cards that I like that are cards that ended up in like Superior Burning Coco, like a lot of like two and three, like two mana, three mana kind of cards. So I, I'm very familiar and looked at a lot of these cards for different reasons. Um, I would say the the things that jump out, at, well, okay, so we should go over the list, right? We should actually just talk about the list. Yes. Okay. So this thing has 27 creatures. First one, new, new. Ileal Eternal Pilgrim, yep. uh, three Thalia, Guardian of Thraben, four Tidehall Scholar, two Ivan Mi- Avon Mind, Mind Sensor, yep. one Eldrazi Displacer, another sweet one, yep. one Feed Hunter, uh, four Flicker Whiffs, two Kitchen Finks, three Wall of Resurgence, three Wasteland Strangler, three Restoration Angel, Path to Exile times four, two Dismember, Aether Vile, and then the lands you would expect. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, I guess Darksteel Citadel is sort of a weird one just because you want to combine that with Wall of Resurgence to get the indestructible attackers. But um, I think this deck is super fun. Um, the first thing that jumps out at me is that I don't know if playing two Aven Mind Sensor in a deck that seems pretty heavy on three drops is as necessary as just playing Leon and Arbiters on two. Kind of feels like with the Hate Bears thing. You're also already black-white. So my, my opinion on that kind of breaks down to you don't need to run a fetch land package right you just don't and so you might as well take advantage of that and do the you know the ghost quarter plus arbiter arbiter game plan and even mind center is decent with that and maybe have them in the side so that you could bring them in when it's a like very good but right. you're really really heavy on three drops and i'd rather max out on some of your other three drops to kind of just up the up the strength yeah because the thing about arbiter that's so nice is especially in a deck with other vile is that you have the ability to play vile on turn one and then look at your lands and go okay if i have this arbiter in hand i can play my arbiter now on turn two and instead of playing a third land and resolving a three drop i'm gonna get to three out this vile now i can just aggressively ghost quarter your lands um, and you're not going to be able to pay because of Arbiter. So it turns the deck into much more of the, the sort of choking Death and Taxes style. I personally am almost a little bit more of the mind that I would maybe play three Arbiters, two Thalias, but that's just a personal choice. Um, I don't know how like necessary that necessarily is. I think you go down to two Wall of Resurgence um, and get rid of the Avid Mind Sensors, and then you play those three Arbiters. And I think you play four Arbiters. I, mean, I, I think do. you find another place in this list somewhere that you can cut a card, maybe on the Kitchen Finks, and move one of them to the side. I do really, really like a Wall of Resurgence here. I think it's super clever. No, no, and I th- but I think three is yeah. probably too much, but I think yeah. if you getting two of them is, is decent, because once you get one, you're going to be able to blink it with Resto Angel or um, the other Flicker Wisp. right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's super cool. I mean, with the Restoration Angel on the wall, that's like a, that's like a very fun thing to get, you get to do. Um, another card that I see as a possibility here is oh, by the way, Eldrazi Displacer is just sweet. That's awesome. Um, I love seeing Eldrazi Displacer start to pop up in decks. Another reason Dark Steel Citadel, by the way, is really good. Yeah, um, and in Ghost Quarter. Wh- you're saying both because those cast the the 
yes, yes. Wing yes. Ding mana? Yeah, absolutely. Wing Ding mana. Um, so, so another thing that I think, another card that I think is interesting as a possibility is the card Stone Cloaker. Um, one white, two colorless for a 3-2 flash flying creature. I think it's from Planar Chaos. When it enters the battlefield, return another creature you control to its owner's hand, and then also when it enters the battlefield, exile a card from target player's graveyard. So it's great for a few reasons. Um, number one, obviously it can save one of your creatures in response to a removal spell. So you hold, sure. you hold it back, which is great. Um, there are a lot of like like corner cases in modern where you're going to want to hit a card out of someone's graveyard in response. Somebody tries to like Colagon's command and get back their Snapcaster or something like that. Grizzle Band decks doing the Grizzle brand thing. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons that you need to be able to take out a graveyard. I mean, that's you, you don't have access to um, Scavenging Ooze here, which is the usual um, index like this. Sure. So I think it's good. And then also the fact that, um, that it has... Well, so it has, yeah, it's Flash, Exile, and then, oh, yeah, it puts a card into Exile, so for your Strangler, it's it adds that added element of your Wasteland Strangler's coming in, having a card to process. Right. Uh, something, one of the reasons we are saying to cut down a little bit on the through drops is that the one thing I want to increase are, like, up Wasteland Strangler to four. I think that card's really good with some of the cards you're playing. It does really cute things with what you're trying to do. Um, same as upping your two drops just in general because you're this deck is already really high and i actually think you can probably get away with two eldrazi displacers it's already a three three for three and that's so decently costed <laughs> yeah that um then getting that blink effect where almost every other card in your deck does something really cool by blinking it and it's you know it kind of does a bad maze of it effect like it does so many good things that this kind of deck kind of could possibly want that i i love this in this deck i like this place for a lot oh yeah the, the last bit sorry that i forgot of with the um the sculler with uh, uh stone clucker sure is that when you have an active vial there's a trick you can do with title of sculler where when the exile triggers on the stack if you can return sculler to your hand um you permanently exile the card so they don't ever get it back so because Skuller costs two, Vile costs one, and Stone Cloaker costs three, I know from experience with, uh, what's it called, Coco decks, you're going to flash in Skuller <laughs> on three, and you'll have three mana the same turn to hit your Stone Cloaker, which means you can, you can put, play your third land, put your second counter on Vile, wait for their draw step, flash in Skuller during draw step, just like you would with a click, and once you've seen their hand, actually cast Stone Cloaker exiling uh, a bouncing scholar back to your hand and then permanently exiling the card, whatever card they drew before they can cast it, which as corner cases that actually seems is not as bad as you think, because you're going to get to recast scholar again and exile another card the next turn. Something else you can do with scholar and like this is also true with fiend hunter, which is why I like the one of fiend hunter in the deck is you can use, um, if you have six mana, which obviously is a problem to get to, but Eldrazi displacer can, Blink it, and then when it comes back into play, blink it in response to the trigger so that you permanently exile right. the creature. Yep. Um, so stuff like that's fun. Also, that's why Wasteland Strangler is sweet. It gets rid of it. Something I was thinking about doing, and I don't have specific cards for it, so I'm going to look them up, but um, doing more of a displacer game plan or more of a, a processor game plan with cards like um, Fiend Hunter and like uh, Tidehaller Scholar. Right. Taking pro like I was even thinking maybe going blue-black, uh, white and sure. adding maybe events around the top end because that does uh, can blink anything until end of turn or that might be only your only creatures only your yeah. creatures I might be wrong there never yeah. mind but a lot of the blue processes are really good some of the black ones yeah. with that game plan For seems sure. sweet so yeah that's kind of that's what I got I mean we'll we'll post a list of what we think the deck might look like with our changes um, to Rocket Jump when we post the episode yeah you also uh, the, the other yeah. thing you can think about in this deck is depending on what the meta looks like at the time um, I mean Main decking a couple spell guides in here is not the worst thing. Like they cost two, they're on curve. Like they block really well, and so many of your things in this deck have to do with bouncing. Like they're, the cards themselves are good, but also you can get kind of blown out by like going for it with uh, with some of your enter the battlefield triggers and what you're trying to get out of them. That if they exile a creature or kill a creature in response to your trigger, you get kind of like I don't know. It's just not as sweet. So having Spellskite on the table to counteract some kind of clever removal is not is not a bad thing. Sure, sure, sure. Also, I mean, you have like you definitely have some weaker creatures. So like the you could play just like a couple pieces of equipment. I don't think it would be the worst thing. At which point Spellskite becomes even easier and even better to play. You could play a couple swords or something like that. I mean, I don't know. It's a thought. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a little <laughs> loose. Um anyway, let's move on. All right. So so that's it for that deck. Uh thank you to the submitter, where I'm getting to your name. I apologize. We've butchered your name literally every time. <laughs> Gabriel. 
Charvat. Charvat? Yes. Yeah. Gabriel Charvat. Thank, Thank you for very submitting. Much for the list. It's really sweet. Uh, yeah. Right? I liked cool, some of the cool things it was doing. That's why I'm I picked a, it. Yeah, I'm a fan. All right. So next, this deck is from Edward Killian and his son. Oh, yeah. Edward uh, Killian. So they submitted Mono Green Blink. And um, one of their comments was that the people have told us, but we're going we're gonna to deck tech it. And Wait, tell it's you called about Mono it. Green Blink? Yep. Why is it called that? Because it blinks Mono Green cards. Does it? Yeah. Where'd it go? I had it. I had it. I lost it. Oh, because of Conjurer's Closet. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, looking for the card. There. Okay. Nope. Yep, we're struggling here. So, um, everybody. Mo- yep, found it. All right, cool. Model Green Blink. So, the way this deck uh, is currently laid out, there are 23 creatures, four Acidic Slime, four Arbor Elf, two Elvish Mystic, two Hornet Queen, two... Colonian. Colonian Twin Grove, four Sacra Chibelder, two Silver and Primordial, three Thrag Tusk, three Cultivate, three Genesis Wave, two Harrow, a bunch of Forests, a Conjurer's Closet. Four Conjurer's Closet. And a Voyager Staff. Two Voyager Staff. I know that card. And four Utopia Sprawl. Yes, Voyager Staff from Ravnica. That's the yeah, it's the single blink. I think it blinks a single creature. Um and Conjurer's Closet is the like five mana, I think, artifact that blinks a creature end of turn every turn. Yes. Right. Um so yeah, it's pretty clear what this deck's trying to do. Uh, you have some awesome cards in uh, Hornet Crane and Colonian Twin Grove, um and Thrag Tusk that are just like excellent value and just like get tons of things. Um I know in, in the description here, the message was that um, they're very aware that Primeval Titans would be better. Um, I don't know how much I love Primeval Titan in this deck, actually. So, just because getting lands is like whatever? Yeah, like I, I really like how this is just going to be like... I think you want to max out on some of your power cards, though. I think you want to play four Hornet Queen. I think you want to play four Thrag Tusk. Yeah. Um, I just think those are just going to be stronger. I also like... Love the Acidic Slime plan. I love the Genesis Wave plan of just bringing all this <laughs> stuff in here. I also think there's a brand new card, and that's one of the reasons I picked this. I do think you need to go to white. Just like, you're going to get better blink cards than Conjurer's Closet, but in white, you get Eerie Interlude. Which is the same card as Ghost Away, right? Uh, it's t- yeah, it's two and a white. Exile any number of target creatures you control. Return those creatures to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Is Ghostway is Ghostway? It puts them back in immediately, and I think it's all creatures instead of targets, right? Yes, that's the difference. I'll look it up. You keep talking. All right. So one of the reasons uh, this plus something like um, Restoration Angel are the two, and maybe Flicker Wisp, like all three of those, similar to the deck that we were previously talking about. All three of them together could do a lot of work. Ghostway is each, but it, it's still end of turn. So they, it can't be thwarted, though, by redirecting targets to a spell skite, which is nece- is, is relevant. Okay. Um, uh, but So like one of the reasons I say this, I think you also want to max out on Elvish Mystics. Right. Um, just to like up that level. Obviously, this is a little bit meant to be more of a, uh, a cost-effective brew. Yeah. But I think eventually you're just going to be able to start casting Genesis Waves, and it's going to be epic. Yeah, for a million mana. I'm, I'm also, uh, and this was just like something I thought of that might be kind of silly. If you go to eight one-drop accelerants in the deck, um, like four Arbor Elf and four Elvish Mystic, I don't mind the idea of replacing some of your lands because you're playing so much ramp with uh that that chancellor of the tangle card from new phyrexia i think Mm. he's a six seven reach uh for like three green four colorless but if you have him in your opening hand you can reveal him and during your first main phase add one green so he's a free green mana if he's in your opening hand and if you were going to play like say just like a couple i don't know like like and yet also you know the other thing you could think of is instead of playing cultivates you could consider playing like rampant growth or something like that um, which is a worse card, but it's cheaper. If you were going to go with this sort of like turbo, let's get up to five mana to cast Thrag Tusk as, sa- as fast as possible kind of a thing. Because um, I love the idea of revealing this guy and rampant growthing on turn one for, and not costing you a card. That sounds kind of fun to me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it might be, I don't know how like awesome that actually is. I don't know how is. much of a good, a good like a six, seven is. That's my one fear is like, even if you get to like Genesis Wave into play later. Yeah. Like where I, I would definitely be trying and maybe, maybe the new card isn't the correct thing, but I do like Flicker Wisp and Restoration Angel and mm-hmm. just playing a green white plan. And I don't think you need to like up on your expensive lands. I think there are enough inexpensive green white lands that you can get away with doing a slightly cheaper build than you normally will would. Yeah. And you just can just like, play like, Sun Petal Grove. You can play like Sun Petal Grove and like, uh, what would be the other like, most like budget modern what's, green what's land. the best way to get to five mana from in green is it harrow uh, turn three is it like 
Well, okay, so like you get you if you can play a turn two Harrow, then you can play a turn three five mana spell. So okay, if, if like like elf and like, Harrow. Like, I think you this deck needs to be able to consider consistently get to five turn five Thrag Tusk and turn five or turn, turn three, three Thrag Tusk turn three. Um, Acidic Slime. I think that's like the main game plan because that'll once you get there, you're going to be able to get to the Hornet Queen, Queen and all those things. So like your game plan kind of just starts going off at that point. Those are the two cards I think you need to be able to do. I also don't hate the idea of okay, just bear with me here. This might be like kind of crazy, but what if you go green white and then you get go green white, you play four of the green white Painland, right? Okay, you play. Like what? There, what, what? There has to be some green lands, some some untapped green lands that also produce colorless, right? Like, are there any? Yeah, there's the green white one, the the pain lands. I just said that. Uh, I'm saying, uh, aside from that, like, uh, what what are other what are other lands? Because I'm just thinking, the like, filter land, but that's expensive. But yeah, the filter land exists. Okay, so like, what if you were to play? Uh, you were to go with this whole plan of you add in white, you play Chancellor of the Tangle, and you play like rampant growth effects, right? So scrap your cultivates. But oh, Tribelder, you're already playing Tribelder. Yeah, so yeah. turn one Tribelder off the same plan. Sure. So you're setting up a situation where if you can play rampant growth on turn one, you can get to you can consistently count on getting to a turn three, four mana spell. Um, which means you could play Thought Not Seers in here. I like the idea oh, of Oh, I like Thought, thought Not Seer a lot. Right? I also I also thinking about it, adding white, I almost want to say this is another deck that Eldrazi Displacer would be really good in. Mm. Eldrazi Displacer the the deck tech episode. <laughs> Um, I mean, Displacer is just awesome. That card's so good. And, and like, because just imagine displacing, you're already playing those colors. You're already trying to do Thought Not Seer. You can play a single waste, so you can find it yeah. with Sacra Tribelder as well. Yeah. I also, okay. Uh, what about for the heavy drops? So, so Scrap Chancellor plan on this idea, but what about for the heavy yeah, drops? I, don't, I like the Chancellor plan. I think, but I, I like the Thought Not Seer Displacer plan. I, I think like you can get clever with Chancellor, so don't rule that out. Like, don't listen to Kessler just like being a hater because I think that <laughs> I'm not saying it's great, but like it's definitely one of these things where you're playing a bunch of big beefy green things and you're gonna get to seven pretty fast. So the added advantage of speed, if you go that plan of having four of those in your deck, could be you might find yourself in a situation where you can design this to be way more aggressive. And look, getting well, is, an extra free mana on turn one because you have a six seven later in the game when you're going to get to seven mana pretty quickly is not the worst thing. Like it makes you really aggressive. But what I was going to say was, well, this deck's not trying to be aggressive. This deck's trying to get to its because like that's what kind of my point is is that you only have eight one drops that are and they're okay when you play them on turn one. I mean they're really good. They're elves that right. play on turn one and classically they've been good for the history of magic. But I'd rather see stuff like Wall of Omens in there, like just like put. Like the five white cards added to the really powerful green cards that are here okay. already. Okay, okay, okay. What if you go? What if you go search for tomorrow in here? And yeah, I like search for tomorrow. Okay, I, I like I like upping the ramp to search for tomorrow. Um, so, so now you go search for tomorrow's. I still don't like tangle. <laughs> I still don't like tangle. Why not? Like think about. Okay, now it, it just makes the deck really inconsistent, and your payoff is sometimes you'll be a little faster, but most of the time it's just gonna you're gonna draw it on turn five when you'd rather draw any other card and just be like, oh, this does nothing. Even when you cast it, it just comes into play and it's just a six seven dirtily green dude. When like I'd rather on seven mana be casting Hornet Queens. Yeah, but obviously you're not playing it because he's a six seven. The fact that he is a six seven and you're playing mono green right now is what makes him actually good in this deck because you'll be able to cast the six seven later, but he's gonna give you two mana on turn but one. Then I would I rather I'd almost rather just play another play the full twelve uh elves. So you play Elvish Mystic, um Lanowar Elf and the uh green white one that um Let's you yeah, the, one yeah, that, the one from Innistrad. The one that but, produces a white and is a green. Okay, but those guys all die to sweepers and also don't turn into six sevens later. This guy is an extra mana on turn one to ramp, to, to organically ramp. Like Tribe Elder on turn one is very good. Like that's awesome. That's really good. It means like I really good is debatable. I'd say he's good though. Okay, whatever. Anyway, I think it's sweet. But uh that, like might... that, that card is better when you are dealing with a world of cards that um affect like you're, it's a combo card. Yeah, I get that. The yeah, last yeah. thing I was gonna say is, uh, on the high end, I I like Avenger of Zendikar in this deck. I think it's sweet. I think Avenger of Zendikar is really good. Um, it's like, uh, so someone did ask this uh, deck, Durko, oh Dirk Oak. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> we know you. I know you. Uh, yeah. He that I think that's in there. 
I think that's in the list. The uh, he was asking if the Utopia Sprawl package yeah. would be really good in this set. Four of them, yeah. Um, and it, there are four, and it is playing um, for Arbor Elves. So that's definitely part of what this deck is trying to do. Yeah, which is important to keep in mind. I actually do like that, and we did kind of pass over that. Oh, uh, Utopia really Sprawl that makes me think about playing Garrick. I love Garrick, Wild Speaker. Who I do love Garrick because you can untap the Utopia Sprawl lands and get double up. Um, and also he's a four drop, which and means he's like expensive. Tribe Elder gets you to four on three. Seems really good. Plus, um, it makes all your one ones really good. Yeah, you should be playing Garrick in this deck at least as a one of Avengers Zendikar. I said it. Let me say it. So, Avenger, oh, yeah. Avengers Zendikar. I think Avengers Zendikar is a much better thing than uh, Primeval Titan or Sylvan Primordial. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's, and he's cheap right now because you can just get him out of the dual deck. Yeah, he's super cheap. And that's to and me... that dual deck has like really good cards. Oh, yeah. you get the man land. Green, white, man land. There's a card that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, there's so many good green, white lands. Yeah, Avenger of Zendikar <laughs> comes to mind <laughs> for me. So if you if you were to go with Garrick in this deck and then play Avenger of Zendikar, it sets you up in the situation where all of your zero ones now uh, turn into... Like you could like the turn... There's like a situation where you can like play Garrick, untap, play something... Like you can... Your zero ones all get overrun with Garrick pretty quickly... Like, I think that sounds sweet. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the Garrick plan's really good. Yeah. Garrick's good. Yeah, uh, okay, so that's that's kind of changes. Once again, this list will be posted on to um rocketjump.com. We'll we'll actually also post our version of the list. Um they'll have small changes, and me and Ben will probably argue over the inclusion of a card that I don't think should be in the deck. It might not be good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying it's interesting. Um otherwise, uh, you know. Check that and the other lists. Both will be there. Uh, in the meantime, our wonderful Twitch stream provided us with a one mana Jace that they thought would be worth oh, really? And I haven't even read it, but this is from Zemiphobic. Okay. He's afraid of Zemis. Oh, sweet. Uh, Jace the Lone tele- Telepath. One blue Planeswalker. Jace. Plus one. Target creature gets minus one, minus zero until start of your next turn. Zero. Scry one. Minus two. Target creature can't block until end of turn. Oh, it's like a tempo guard kind of, and it has scry one for zero. Uh, it, I, I don't I, hate this. I like that it's a zero. I don't. I, I do think that you want an alt. Yeah, it, I think it's it's too hard to make a planeswalker without an alt. I mean, I guess if you were to like, I guess if you were, oh, it doesn't have any plus abilities, right? It does. The pl- first one's a plus. Oh, I'm blind. No, no I, I do think I do think it's a minus. Okay. That was that was fun. Yeah, that's sweet. All right. <laughs> we don't need to talk about Chase the one mana planeswalker. Ever again. <laughs> I want to all the time. <laughs> um, Next week, we'll talk about Nissa, the one man planeswalker. So, yeah, that's it for the episode, right? Do we have anything else? Cool. Yeah, I want to thank everyone for the Patreon for donating. That's the reason we were able to do this live. Hopefully, being live isn't too weird for the podcast. Uh, we actually are at a level where we'll have a bonus episode. So, this Friday, uh, I'll, we'll be releasing um, our review over what the GP was this weekend. Uh, Eldrazi Winter is in full swing. Yeah. Um, I disagree with. Prepare for the banning. Some things. Uh, <laughs> the banning will be happening. Um, I hope you guys had a good time. Thank you, all the people that are watching live right now. We had uh, between 15 and 18 people the whole time, so that's pretty sweet. And yeah. uh, thank you guys online. Remember to follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. Yeah, because pr- we'll we'll be doing these live streaming with some frequency now. And so when we do them, if you follow us on Twitter, we'll we'll like next time we'll know like specifically the time and all that. Like we'll give it like a We're day ahead of time. Minutes, yeah. Well, and we'll just give it a day ahead of time. Sure. We're kind of figuring this thing out so next time we'll have like the official mmcast twitch stream we'll start that we'll give you guys the heads up a day beforehand as Um, people that were watching this time around there were some technical difficulties yeah and so what i'm saying is follow us on at the mmcast so you know when we're going live next time and uh and you can get in on the action yeah uh but thanks for, for those of you that did listen this time this was really fun yeah Thanks, everybody. Uh, I'm at Kess Wiley on Twitter. We didn't do that part. I'm at Ben Bateman Media, and I wanted to throw out something really quickly that we forgot to do. Um, we didn't really forget. We just we, It's going to be the end of the podcast. Um, Kessler was in Detroit over the weekend. He uh, was. He went to the GP, and we love Spellskite on this podcast. We do. And there was a special Spellskite playmat that yep. was like an exclusive at the tournament. You had to like be in like some sort of special area or like win something. I'm not exactly sure how because it wasn't the main playmat. So so what it was is at GPs they generally have the main event playmat, which is the one you get, and that was Ancient Courts. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. And then they also have a VIP playmat that they so if you pay for the big VIP price, you get that playmat. It's also something that you can get by playing in a lot of these side events. And win, yeah. It's one of the awards, but you only get it if you win it. So Bronson Wetzel. Yeah. All-star 
like the, like this is go tell the story because it's this this is the single coolest thing. I'm just gonna say right now, this is the single coolest thing that's happened to me as I've like worked in magic media. And then on top of that, as someone who works in entertainment media, this might be the single coolest thing that's ever happened to me since I've worked in entertainment or sports media. Like I don't know that I've ever felt as excited about something that's happened to me. Like this is amazing. So literally, five, I'm walking around talking to Ben five minutes before, and we're like, oh, there's a spell escape mat. It's sweet. How are we going to get it? And I'm like, uh, we're just we're just not. It's not going to happen. And then like, I'm watching some of the top tables play. He like lost his land, and there's some com- com- commotion. And just talking to my friend, kind of explaining what's happening, because I was with a friend that doesn't play Magic. Uh, he lives in Detroit. And Bronson comes up. And I was like, hey, are you are you Alex Kessler from, from the Masters of Modern? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, oh, man, I love the show, everything. And it was really nice. I said hello. I thanked him. And then he was like, I have this mat for you. And I was like, I didn't believe. I was like, wait, you're saying I can have this? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's amazing. And then, like, out of his bag, he's like, and I have one for Ben. <laughs> that's, I was like, was like, a tear rolled down my eye. Yeah. Like, it was the coolest thing ever. Like I was like so and not only is it amazing that we were gifted these by Bronson, but on top of that, I think it's the coolest playmat that I've ever seen. Like the card spell sky, it's kind of a weird looking card on the card. It's hard to kind of see what's really going on. Blown up, the thing is terrifying. It's got this awesome grin, just like it feels like a combination of signs. it feels like a combination of like an HR Geiger alien and like the card energy chamber or something. Oh, it, it definitely feels like a xenomorph. It's the most like xenomorph like card. Yeah. Which is alien from aliens. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. some orb or of alien. power being hugged by like the it's like the alien queen and aliens when she's like birthing, except it's like an orb of power. I don't know. Amazing. The coolest thing. Thank you so much. Um, we would never expect anything like that from any of you guys. We do the content because we love to do it, and it's amazing that some of you have contributed, and that is like above and beyond. So thank you so much. Um, I hope you're listening to this. We we love you, and that <laughs> you, if you see me at a at a GP, which you will later this year if you're there, I will be playing with my spell sky playmat. Absolutely, I played with it the very next day at the Highlander tournament. Yeah, uh, thank you all guys for lost. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you all for watching, listening, and hanging out. Uh, we'll be doing this once a month, and we there'll be a bonus episode in this week. Absolutely, thanks guys. Thanks, bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>